0: What's up people? It's Danielle here, the founder of I Empower Creatives and I want to welcome you to the Creative Superhero Podcast where we fight dead mindsets and fly into purpose. So let's get into it. Awesome, awesome. So I'm really, really excited to be able to bring on my guest, this episode who is in fact my sister um she is my 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 baby sister because we're not babies anymore (laughs) we're big people but um she's my sister and she's awesome um i wanted to get her on the show because she's had such a journey um as a creative writer um and in the educational system and she just has some super cool ways of bringing in um just new levels of creativity into kind of I say unconventional places she works with children obviously children are creative but as an adult having to bring that in um and especially when working with children that are not her own and all of these different things um and she's in this process of doing some amazing stuff but before I dig in um I'm gonna let her do a little bit of an introduction to herself so Sophie my lovely sister welcome to the podcast please tell the
1: people a bit about who you are Hello, thank you for having me here on the on the creative superhero podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm Sophie Dixon Dash, and um, I've been working as a professional nanny for about nine years. Um, and I also work in editorial. I do book productions. So I help other authors write their book and I'm working on my own book. Um, and it's about my experiences in nannying, solving problems um, in the nanny field And also the process of moving on from Nannian. Amazing. I love that. The process of moving on from Nannian.
0: And it's so cool because you've been on such a journey. I I actually hadn't realised it was nine years. That's amazing. (laughs) Like, I know you've been doing it for ages, but I'm like, wow. (laughs) Nine years, you've made so much impact. The stories that I've got to hear and know about, it's been amazing. Um, But firstly, what is it that got you into Nannian? Why did
1: you start Nannian? Okay, so... It wasn't really a long-term plan like I didn't intend to be here for nine years I always loved working with children so I was doing some occasional roles while I was studying uh, my psychology degree because I wanted to be an educational psychologist Um, I started working in schools and then I realized I didn't actually enjoy working in schools that much there were so many policies um, procedures they weren't always in the best interest of the children um, like I was working with a little boy who had an attachment disorder, so he needed to feel loved, and, but whenever he got too attached to me, they needed to wean him off of me, which um, made the progress sort of go backwards, up and down. And so in the end, I thought about going into homes where you're able to bond and love with the children, and no scrutiny there. Um, so that's how I ended up going into nanny. And I thought I'll do it for a few years and get a feel for it and then work out my next move. Um, and yeah, those two years turned into many years. <laughs> those two <laughs> years turned into nine years.
0: It's, all, it's so amazing because I've always thought to myself, wow, like you go into these places and you, you you work with these children who are not your own and develop relationships. But you've gone through periods of time where that's been difficult to bond I suppose and you know what what's the kind of journey of bonding with these children obviously you're a nanny you you play with them you look after them you do all of these kinds of things but to develop those that relationship that leadership that authority and that love what's kind of what what does that journey kind of look like
1: if you can abbreviate it um, I've definitely had a lot of experience with um, bonding um, it's not always the easiest thing I think when I went first went into homes I thought oh it'll be easy because I'd always had um, you know children I was working with but going into like a home full-time and being with children just for the, um, the purpose of looking after them does have its challenges um, I think what I think the main thing is consistency. Like children love consistency, just being consistent. Whether you are setting boundaries and saying, no, this is not what we do. You just need to be consistent so that they know what to expect with you. And then that bond does come. And it's also just celebrating those wins that you see them doing. So I've had children where they give me such a hard time that that bond is um, a bit slower (laughs) to form. Um, But I think working out you know, what their strengths are and spending time with that with that, and really looking at their interests and trying to, you know, see the world through their eyes a little bit, it really helps. They begin to trust you, you understand them now, um, and then that bond does develop.
0: That's so cool. Like, I, I think we're, we're doing that, well, we're needing to do that in life in general with bonding with people, like getting to know people yeah. and building relationships and things like that. And that's clearly something that you do well because you do that with these children, you understand them, you take the time to get to know them and they're all gonna be different, right, as well. So you're learning the different ways in which they engage and all of that. So now you're in a journey of, you know, coming maybe more so away from Nanny. And, and I know that you've obviously worked with many different um, many different families and all different kind of um, places and all that kind of stuff what's that like having to make the the transfer from family to family you know leaving some children and 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 bonding with other children and so forth what does that process look like and how how has that affected you um, it can be really difficult
1: um i've had some families that i've left um well, I had one family in particular that i was very attached to and i think moving on from that family um was difficult almost like you feel Um, you're cheating that family. You're like, you know, I really love these children. Like to leave them and go look after someone else sometimes can feel a bit wrong. I think um, what really helped me was having open communication with the family, like being clear about, okay, the reasons I'm moving on is because I feel like I need to go in this direction for this reason. Um, And then staying in touch with them. I've been lucky enough to have families that are like, yeah, come back and see the children. So we have open communication with them and it really helps. And also when you go into that next home, not expecting to just bond straight away. I think it takes time. I think if you go in while you're still getting over the, you know, the, the loss of the other family you were working with, um, I think you'll be surprised. Like that, it takes a bit of time.
0: It's definitely a process like, and just that concept of going, being able to go back, that's, that's a testament of the impact that you make on family. Like for a family to be able to say, hey, come back, you've left, you know, you've gone on, but you come, come back and spend time with the, the children, come back and see us. That's a testament of impact that you leave, which is so, so cool. Is that something that you, you've been intentional about creating or is it just, hey, this has happened and I'm just appreciating it? Um,
1: yeah, I think it does develop quite um, organically, um, when I go into the homes because I think I just go in and I'm always thinking about what do these children need because there are some children I've gone in and they've like when I say a hard time I mean (laughs) they give me a really hard time um and just working out that this is a child like regardless of how they're making me feel right now this is a child their understanding is limited they are innocent um and understanding those things once you start you know seeing them in that way and giving them what they need. um, You do develop that quite authentically. Parents start to see it. um, So obviously they encourage that. They encourage you um, to come back, like if you want to, because they realize the impact that you're making on their children's um, life. Um, But it's definitely um, something that develops organically when you're being intentional.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I just love when you you said the question, what do these children need? and I, like, how I'm processing this again, because we don't have children yet, but um, how i also processing that is, like, when you are serving people, right? You're serving people. You have a business. You have a book, which we'll get into in a bit. But you have all of these different things, and they impact people. They transform people, or whatever the services that you offer. Thinking about what do they need what do the clients need what do the children need what do the people i'm serving need i think is such a good way to process what it is whatever it is that you bring to the table so if you are a listener and you have a business or you have children or you have an idea. It's almost that question to yourself. What does this need to be able to nurture and grow? Yeah. And I can say from seeing you and from experience and listening to what you're saying now, yeah. that clearly you do give people what they need and impact them for them to still be welcoming you into their house on a long term level on a long-term basis so i think that that's amazing yeah i think that's amazing and i think that people could really take a leaf out of that or off of your tree should i say in processing in that way and we're not saying that it you know it it was quick you know Mm. you've learned these processes over nine years but this is why we talk about experiences and stories so that people can hear those backgrounds and take what they need in in order to move forward with their life which is super super cool so, Sophie, now you're coming out of Nanny Inn, um entirely. What does that, you know, well, firstly, why? Why, why are you coming coming out of Nanyin and what is that looking like for you?
1: Okay, um, For me, it felt like the right time to come out of Nanyin. I think when I went into Nanyin, I had a very um, clear goal. Like the reason I wanted to was because there were things I wasn't getting in the school and I wanted to experience like just building these bonds with children without these policies that say oh no like you're getting too close um you know no hugs no none of that kind of thing and I feel like I managed to get that I got very attached to you know some families and um I saw their children grow and um grow from baby and go to school you know that kind of thing and it felt like the right time to move on and then I felt like I had all of these experiences um, inside now. It felt like, wow, as I make this transition out of it, I should write about the experiences I've had in them um, So I think I was already thinking about, you know, how to write a book about my experiences. Um, also started to look into other types of um, writing sort of roles and ended up doing a bit of editing, copywriting, book production. Um, so, yeah, different avenues were opening up to me all the time. Amazing. So, you like, literally there was just opportunity
0: <laughs> and you're just kind of going with the opportunity and, and being in alignment. And I guess as well that's, that, that comes down to knowing yourself. You obviously got to a situation or a circumstance, you know, a period of time in your life where you're like, I know myself enough yeah. to know that this opportunity that's being presented to me is the way to go. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's beautiful amazing so i i mean i want to ask this question and we'll see how we go with it but um it's always interesting to me and i'll you know i look at this and this is slightly off topic to what i did say to you a question that i want to throw in here but you're my sister and we have real conversation and this is about fighting dead mindsets and you know i mean all that kind of stuff so I would love to know anything that you would share in your process, because I always think about that the process of being a nanny and being a black woman, going Mm -hmm. into white families and, you know, how difficult, uh, how hard, because you, you work with some high end people as well. They're not, you know, um, people from around the way or things like that you you know you've traveled you've you've gone to places with these families who are what the world might say are upper class so to speak Mm -hmm. right um if you're looking at the class system but what has been maybe some of the hardest points if any of being a black woman and going into working with white families
1: um Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, that's quite a question. Um, I think there have been, like, a few. I think one of them is, I was thinking about this the other day, how parents get a level of judgment when they're out with the children, but when people can see that it's not your child because you're looking after a white child um, and, you know, your skin is black, I feel like there's a different level of almost criticism. Like, people are always watching you. um, They're wondering how you're dealing with things. Like, people are judging you on a different level because they know... You're the professional nanny. So, if you're at that time telling the child no and you're choosing not to give in to that tension that they're throwing, it's almost like the eyes are boring into you. Like, that's not your child. Like, is, you know, what kind of nanny are you? Um, even in a way that's more than maybe they would do to the parent. Um, so, I think that's quite difficult. Um, I'd say the biggest challenge was probably when I moved away, I went into an area that was um, predominantly like, white in the area. And the children weren't used to seeing black people. And, um, and so the, the bond, especially with the older child, was really difficult. She would make comments about my hair, uh, my skin color. Um, even if she saw like a black person walking down the street, she'd make comments about their skin and hair too. Um, and just trying to bond with her and show her that, you know, all people and it's all love. And also their parents <laughs> who were um, also wow. a bit um, unsure. Um, I guess about what to expect from me and I guess what really helped was me just setting boundaries um, which was hard for me at times it was just a difficult conversation to sit down with somebody and say hey do you know like sometimes I feel this particular way um, if you could just acknowledge me sometimes <laughs> things like that um, where I just um, spoke um, to the mum and um, over time we did have more open communication and they opened up to me and I felt good like I've probably changed the way that they look at, you know, black people, the people of a different race um, by going in there because they came to trust me quite a lot and regard me differently. And the children as well, even the way they'd respond to other people outside the home. Um, but it was definitely, that was definitely the most difficult experience um, I had. I considered like even leaving at times, but I was glad that I was able to work through it and help this family see a different way of relating to
0: me. That is huge. Because not only have you gone in there and changed their perception about you, you just said they cha- you changed their perception about people that they would see. And that is huge for this particular family and the people who they will impact Um mm-hmm you know and that's a that's a generational change you know the parents and the children which i think is just amazing again i'm I, again i feel like i'm just coming back to the word impact and i feel like sometimes we don't know and understand the level of impact that we make in the world so i'm just going to commend you as my sister first of all <laughs> and as a black woman who has gone into these places and brought positive change and change that we need to see it's sad to a certain degree that we're still having to go through those processes and and all of those kinds of things but you know, you're, you've always been a person that, okay, there's a problem. You know, our family's quite like that. We're going to deal with the problem. We're just, we're just going to deal with it. We're just going to keep going and just get on with it, even though we struggle and, and, it, and it's emotionally draining or anything like that. So, um, yeah, massive, massive, massive celebration for just getting on and doing that um, and changing those perceptions. So I wanted to get into what's happening for you now and the shift that you're making, which is really, really exciting. You are writing a book. Um, I'd love for you to tell us a bit about that or what you can tell us about that.
1: Okay, my book is called um, Why I'm Leaving Nanian. And it's about the lessons I learned as I went into Nanian as somebody quite naive, like, oh, it's going to be really easy. It's going to be a breeze. Um, I discovered that there were lots of, you know, dilemmas or challenges to kind of solve along the way, like contract, making sure that, you know, you've got ideal conditions in the job. And, you know, you get yourself a little break because sometimes the days can be quite long. Little things like that um, to navigate in things like behaviour and um, even bonding issues that we've discussed, um, things like that. So I look at how I navigated them, um, sometimes effectively, other times like less effectively. And I look at it all, (laughs) the journey and also just the process of moving on. So I just take readers through that whole kind of process of going in as someone quite naive, learning the lessons and you know learning what my next steps needed to be so i guess it's really
0: you know it's a book also that's helping people going into that
1: field yeah now the the book because i talk about those dilemmas i'm also talking about solutions things that people should know when they go in um like each chapter does have its focus um like whether it's the interview dealing with that stage knowing when to move on knowing whether to take the position, even um, having issues with bonding, um, things like that. Um, Yeah, I feel like also that there's this kind of element of um, helping
0: people to trust the decisions that they make, um, which is really beautiful as well. Um, You know, I'm in this process of reading a book about trust. Um, and being able to trust that you're making the right decisions and that you know what you're doing and the answers are within you, but also do your research and know, you know, know your stuff. Um, and it's almost like that for those people who maybe are getting into nannying, but it sounds like it can go even deeper, like trust yourself and, you know, to make mm-hmm. those right decisions around this. This is a big yeah. deal. You're making the kind of impact you're making anyway. It's a big deal for somebody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But also, as I write about um, how I solved things, um, it's not necessarily the the be-all. It's not like that is how everybody needs to solve things. It's kind of just working out what is right for you. Because I also look at other nannies in the book, and, you know, we have different methods, and sometimes with the same kind of results. So I think it does help people in other ways. And I agree with um, trusting their own decisions, because the person reading the book will have their own ideas for how they're going to, you know, navigate things if they're thinking of going to nanny and then they've probably already got that inside them
0: so so good and so at the moment you're getting some is it mentorship or support your yeah tell us about that and how that came about for you um
1: yeah so I guess I wanted to write a book for a while and I had lots of different ideas kind of floating there and then I was lucky enough to have you know the conversation I had with you where we had a little session about Um, just vision around the book idea and it really became true for me when I had that kind of conversation like what I wanted to write about because I was trying to fit into a little box like maybe I should write for you know parents and write as you know a professional who knows all the right answers and I wasn't being authentic and I realized I need to write about the highs and the lows the things that I did great the things I didn't do so great I needed to put it all there um and I guess through having that conversation, I got a clearer vision. And once I had that, I was able to start applying for programmes. Um, I heard about this programme with like Curtis Brown, applied, um, They loved my book idea um, and agreed to mentor me. And so, yeah, so thank you to you for that conversation, just helping me get a clearer vision, um, because I was floating <laughs> around before that. Like Honestly, I had so many that, is, um, that was really exciting, because I I, I, re- I remember that I remember that day and
0: you just feeling like flatline, yeah. like I do not know what I'm doing, I do not know how I feel. Yeah. Please do elaborate and let the people know, like where you were at then mm-hmm. and what shifted for you and how that shifted into where you're today, because it is a huge transformation.
1: I think I was really lost. Like, I, I just felt so lethargic about the idea. Like, I used to be very creative, writing short stories. and But when it came time to write the book, I just felt like I don't feel excited about this book. I didn't feel excited about anything. I just felt like, why write this book? Like, this didn't really make sense to me. Um, I kept thinking there's a book idea in there, but no, I just couldn't really access it. Um, and I was like gonna give up really I felt like it's not really going anywhere um and then even when we were having the conversation I didn't really expect that much was going to change like we just kind of were talking about things and and then just through talking about you know even the title of why I'm leaving it just felt authentic to me I was like wow that would be a story that I could actually tell Um, and then I started to feel more excited about that and then that night, I stayed up just writing um, my story because I realised I didn't have to write for any particular audience for people who want the super nanny. I could write for ordinary nannies who are thinking about going in. I could write for somebody who just wants to laugh at the experiences that were good or not so good. Um, I realised I didn't have to write for any particular person. And when I gave, I, I allowed myself to access that freedom, I was just able to start writing. Um, and yes, yeah, so it, was, it was a major transformation from going from, feeling lethargic I'm just going to give up why am I even writing a book to up all night just writing and just getting the ideas down and yeah it was it was a lot in that one night it was, it was incredible because <laughs> I remember we had the conversation and I
0: literally we were staying at mum's that night and we had this conversation and and then I remember going into the spare room and thinking oh my light's still on and you were there just like just typing and the next thing we were like yeah up I've just I got it (laughs) It was really encouraging for me because part of that was at the beginning of my journey so to hear your experience and hear the absolute transformational shift Mm -hmm. was huge for me as well you know yes we're sisters and yeah we you know we've grown up grown up together we've come from the same womb but yeah. where you know our, our pathways are on such different spectrums. you yeah. know they're both yeah. creative and hearing where you were at and then being able to be a part of that and, and witness that transformation has just been amazing I'm really yeah. really excited to read this book <laughs> thank you so have you got a date for when you want the book to be out
1: or um, because I'm working with this mentor I'm expecting to have it it's like a, um, a nine-month program I'm expecting that by the end of the year, I'll have it written. Um, I don't have the exact date, but we'll be releasing that. I'm expecting in the summer of 2022.
0: Come on. Yes, we love that. And we love a goal. We love putting that down. So before we do wrap up, just a couple more things. I'd love to know, or for the people out there who are thinking about writing a book or getting into that, you know, you've, you've shifted out of that now. Now you're in the process of doing that. You're, you've you got the backing and the support. What would you say to anybody who has a book idea um, that, you know, wants to start writing
1: that that book and is is finding it a bit difficult? Um, I'd say firstly, don't worry about getting it perfect straight away. I'd say to go with that idea. Like you've got this idea, what excites you about it? And to just really focus on that, like write down um, those things that come to you when you think about what excites me about this book? What do I feel like writing? See if you could just, start writing put pen to paper put your fingers on the keypad and just start writing um and typing and then if your mind changes go in that direction I'd say it's a process um, not just myself but other people I've spoken to who have said you know my my first idea was this and then it sort of transformed um, and don't feel bewildered by that just you know go with it
0: Lovely. And then um, you also do, you know, specific kind of creative writing and um, poetry and those kinds of things. Is there any tips you would have for anybody whose writing is more um, in that kind of direction if they wanted to write poetry or
1: be creative in their writing? Um, I think one of the things that really helped me is um, clearing my mind. So whether that means making the environment um, pleasing, just to sit in and sit and write creatively, um, it make, makes wonders or going for a walk sitting in a park with like um paper and a pen those are the things that help me i find i'm inspired by the environment um, there are times when i'm feeling less creative and it can sometimes be because the environment's too cluttered too many people around so just taking that time away um some time by yourself and then coming back and writing or putting on some kind of music some instrumentals really help me i'm um, just setting the environment really um and allowing yourself to just go with the flow in that moment. Come on, a lot of
0: allowing yourself. I love that, that's a big key point. Okay, Sophie, if you had a superpower, in fact, first of all, what would you say that your superpower is currently? What is your superpower? It's a question that I ask all people, everyone who comes on now, what is your current superpower? What would you say that it is?
1: Um, I think my superpower is that expression, expressing myself through writing is my superpower beautiful and if you had like a mystical superpower
0: what would it be it would be invisibility (laughs) (laughs) do not mess with you
1: and lastly
0: if the people want to find you where can they find you where are you hanging out that they can follow
1: or watch your journey um you can find me on instagram at this nanny writes um i'm posting about my nanny journey on the
0: yeah amazing <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing the love and sharing all of your insights so much gems in there thank you so oh, thank you for having me on here it's been amazing yay <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Creative Superhero Podcast, which is sponsored by I Empower Creatives, a community that supports creative entrepreneurs to fight dead mindsets and to fly into their purpose so that they can live powerfully. I'll see you on the next episode.